Welcome to the Daring DVM podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to use psychology, coaching, and your doctor brain to rewire your mind and get what you want in life. I am your host, Dr. Amy Grimm, veterinary life coach, life work alignment pro, and UC Davis vet school grad. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode number eight of the Daring DVM podcast. This is the third episode in our series on perfectionism. Last week was a little bit of a longer episode, so thanks for hanging in there. And in that episode, we discussed the perfectionist mindset, all or nothing thinking, and the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset. This week, we're going to focus on how to overcome all or nothing thinking and to move toward a growth mindset. So I've prepared some tips and tools that I'm going to share with you all. Sometimes our all or nothing mindset can feel like it's happening on autopilot. And sometimes even when you recognize that you're doing it, you still feel powerless in being able to stop. So what I want to talk about today are some strategies to help you get out of a fixed mindset and into a growth mindset so that you can keep evolving into the next best version of yourself. Now remember, a perfectionist or fixed mindset can show up in some areas of your life, but not in others. So I would encourage you to think about the areas of your life in which you tend to have more of a fixed mindset, and then see how you can apply these tools to those areas. And for those of you who are just tuning in with us today, I would encourage you to first go listen to episode 7 on what is a perfectionist mindset before jumping in with us today. So as a reminder, all or nothing thinking is a dichotomous form of thinking in which we are either good enough or we are not. We are either successful or we are failures. We are either performing well or we suck. We are either an excellent doctor or we are an imposter. We are either crushing our goals or we are giving up completely. So how do we get out of this trap and move into a growth mindset? One in which we are allowed to try and fail and learn and try some more and then improve and maybe stall and try again and continue and keep evolving. So here are my six tips to overcoming all or nothing thinking. Number one, create effort-based goals. This is an important distinction for someone with a perfectionist mindset because many times we are taught to create result-based goals. And result-based goals are really helpful, but many times those of us with all or nothing thinking get stuck along the way because if our plan is not going well enough, it's not going as perfectly as we had imagined, or if the result is not as good as we had hoped for or planned for, then our all or nothing thinking mindset gets triggered and we are more inclined to quit. So if you're a recovering perfectionist like me, you probably have a tendency to slip into all or nothing thinking. That is, it's either perfect or I'm not doing it at all. And you do this to protect yourself from judgment and criticism that you think will come from others and also from yourself if you fail. Because people with perfectionist mindsets only want to do things they're good at, 
because we feel like this will protect us from judgment and rejection. Our all or nothing mindset can kick in when we've been working towards a goal and it begins to look like maybe we won't quite achieve it. And if it looks like maybe we won't get there, that is, we fail, we are going to judge the hell out of ourselves and we're going to fear that others will judge us too. Side note, they usually don't, but that's not the story that our brains are going to tell us. So in order to make sure that you do not trigger your all or nothing thinking, it can be quite helpful to create effort-based goals. Effort-based goals are amazing because you're much less likely to feel disheartened, which means you're much less likely to quit and you're much more likely to actually achieve the result that you want because you can stay consistent. So what do I mean by this? Well, a result-based goal looks like I want to learn to play this song on the guitar. I want to go to the gym so that I can have toned arms. I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to run five miles a day. An effort-based goal looks like I want to practice guitar for 30 minutes a day. I want to go to the gym three days a week. I want to eat healthy meals and avoid junk food or fast food twice a day. I want to run for 15 minutes a day. Notice how these goals are more about the effort and the consistency rather than the end result. You are far more likely to learn how to play that song on the guitar if you just practice playing guitar for 30 minutes a day. You're far more likely to lose the weight you want to lose if you just focus on eating your healthy meals each day. The trick is that you will eventually reach your goal, your desired result, by not focusing on it. The reason this works is because as you get closer to reaching your goal, your result, your perfectionist mindset will start to freak out even more because you are so afraid that you, maybe you won't actually reach it. So as you get closer to the goal, your mind freaks out. And many times this leads us to self-sabotage or paralysis or quitting because your all or nothing mentality has been kicked into overdrive. So instead of focusing on the result, focus on the effort. Now, it's still great to have an aspirational goal and result in mind. This is how you know what you're aiming for. But the secret is to not focus on the goal and instead focus on the effort. Focus on the small steps that it will take to get you there. Because if you focus on those, then before you know it, there you'll be. So you will have achieved your desired result and your brain will have spared you all the drama of questioning whether or not you're actually going to get there and whether or not you're actually going to be good enough to do it. Okay, so tip number two, and this goes hand in hand with number one, is praise yourself for your effort. Oh my god, people, I cannot even tell you how important this is. It is so much easier to focus on your effort if you are recognizing and celebrating it. Reward yourself for your effort. This will keep you motivated. A pro tip is to make sure your reward also contributes towards your effort, or at the very least doesn't sabotage it. 
So if your aspirational goal is to lose 10 pounds and you're rewarding yourself for sticking to your effort-based goal of eating two healthy meals a day, do not reward yourself with food that will sabotage your weight loss plan. Pick a reward that feels good to you and still supports your goal. A good practice to implement into your life is to say out loud to yourself three good things about your day. Today was good because I practiced my guitar for 30 minutes. Today I felt successful because I spent 20 minutes reading about a new surgical technique that I want to learn. Today I'm praising myself for sticking to my exercise plan, even though I had a long day and I'm feeling tired. Really focus on praising yourself for the effort. Even if you didn't get the desired result, just practice the fact that you put in the effort. You made the effort. It is so powerful when you're breaking free of a fixed mindset. And if you decide to reward yourself in addition to verbal praise, then choose something that will be of good long-term benefit for you. Maybe you want to relax or take a hot bath. Maybe you're going to schedule a spa day, an evening stroll, catch up with a good friend over drinks or dinner, read that book you've been wanting to read, buy the cute pair of shoes that you've been eyeing, purchase a pair of surgical loops to make your surgery days even easier. Whatever it is that will set you up for long-term success. And bonus tip, this tool of praising your efforts is even more fun with somebody else. So pick your partner, a good friend, a family member, because then you can celebrate each other and affirm each other's accomplishments. And when you're sharing your praise with others, it has this exponential effect that seems to feel even better. So that was number one and number two. Create effort-based goals and then praise yourself for your effort. And here's number three. And some of you are not going to like it. Number three is lower your damn expectations. I'm going to say that again. Lower your damn perfectionistic, aspirational, delusional expectations. This is what we talked about in episode six, where we discussed how to create healthy habits. And one of the tools is to create a minimum baseline. An expectation so low that you know you can achieve it. Now, for someone with a perfectionist mindset, this can be easier said than done. I get it. But the point is to create an easy-to-achieve goal that can help you stay consistent, even when you don't feel like it or when something disruptive occurs. Consistency is key. This one is particularly important because people with perfectionist mindsets usually have insanely high standards. And those standards are often so intimidating that we're scared to even attempt them ourselves. So the trick here is to lower your expectations and give yourself the opportunity to overachieve. Rather than trying to overachieve and feeling disappointed when your delusional goal cripples you. This is where it is important to create your minimum baseline. And if you want to recap on this, go back to episode 6 on building healthy habits. If your goal is to run five miles every morning, then lower your damn expectations to something like 15 minutes a day. Because when you wake up and realize that you don't think you can have a successful five mile run this morning because 
you're a little tired or because you're thinking about something else that came up or needs to get done, then instead of quitting, you can just focus on completing your minimum baseline goal of getting up and jogging for 15 minutes and that is good enough. If at the end of the 15 minutes you want to go for longer, you can absolutely do that. Sometimes that's how it goes. You are already up and moving and sweaty, so now you may as well get a bit of a longer run in before you have to shower anyway. This is fine. And if you run for 15 minutes and that's all you can do that morning, then great. You've just completed your minimum baseline goal and you're honoring yourself and your intentions and taking consistent action towards your goal. Work on the consistency of your small commitments as those are the baseline of what will uphold your larger ones. If you have big fantasy goals where you spend a lot of time living in your mind and in your potential, then you're likely procrastinating too. It's easier to live through your potential in your mind than it is to go out and achieve the goal. So creating a minimum baseline allows you to put effort towards something that is attainable. If you have all or nothing thinking, then you'd rather live out your dreams in your mind than put your potential to the test. So lower your expectations and lower your goals to create a pattern of consistent follow through. Once you are consistent, then you can increase the size of your goal as you prove to yourself that you're actually capable. For example, if you want to get certified in a new technique, uh, maybe you want to get the fear-free certification and you have these modules that you need to complete, then instead of setting the goal of, I will complete all five modules by the end of the weekend, start with, I will spend 15 minutes studying the material each day. And if I decide I want to do more, I will allow myself to do it. What you'll find is that it's much easier to complete 15 minutes. And if you really aren't in the mindset to study, then you can stop and set another 15 minute goal for later. But what a lot of people find is that once they're in it for 15 minutes, they're actually more motivated to continue for longer and to complete a larger chunk. And they allow themselves to do this willingly without the fear of failing and without the fear of not completing the much bigger task of getting all five modules done in just one weekend. All five modules can seem overwhelming to your brain and you will be more likely to avoid it or delay doing it. Lowering your expectations can be super helpful for those of us who have perfectionist mindsets and tend to procrastinate. And here's why. People who procrastinate and who have an all or nothing mindset are fearful that they will not meet their own potential. And therefore, they'll be disappointed in themselves or they may think that other people will be disappointed in them. And the way to avoid facing the question of whether or not you met your potential is to delay the task at hand. That way, if the result is not what you had desired, you can tell yourself that if you had tried harder or if you had had more time, then you would have achieved the goal. I'm going to rephrase this because this is so important to understand. In order 
to hold on to the idea of your potential and to avoid possibly proving to yourself that you are wrong about your own potential, you procrastinate and you wait until the last minute to do something because then, if it is not perfect, you can continue to believe that it could have been perfect. It had the potential to be perfect. If only you had had more time or had been able to try harder. This way, you can continue to live in the fantasy of your potential capability instead of actually applying yourself ahead of time and truly seeing what you're capable of. You already feel like you're not good enough, so you don't want any more evidence to support this theory. And because your fixed mindset also makes you more sensitive to judgment and criticism, if you can hold on to the idea of your potential, then any negative feedback you may receive won't hurt as much because you'll have an excuse as to why the work wasn't up to scratch or things didn't go to plan. So lower your expectations and create a minimum baseline so you can set yourself up for success. The next tool, number four, pairs nicely with lowering your expectations and setting a minimum baseline. This tool is to allow yourself to get comfortable with having a deferral day. Think of it like when you miss a payment and the creditor gives you a grace period or allows you to make a deferred payment without a penalty or without interest because you have a consistent history of paying on time. So how this concept applies to your life is that when you get sick or you're injured or something happens in your life that makes it impossible for you to follow through with your habit or your plan or your goal, then you go ahead and give yourself a deferral day. This is an excellent tool for perfectionist all or nothing thinkers because the alternative is that we too often label our day as ruined and then we don't follow through at all. We instead think that we'll just start over again at a later time. Maybe start that diet again on Monday or start the new module on my next day off, or go on a run when I'm not feeling as tired. This is the point where many perfectionist mindsets fall off the wagon, and then never quite seem to get back on again. Think of it like this. Something emergent comes up, or you have an unexpected event, you get hurt, you're sick, your child is hurt or sick, if you cannot even complete your minimum baseline goal during this time, give yourself a deferral day. Not a deferral week or month or year, a day. Maybe up to like 72 hours if it's really necessary. You'll have to decide on that. But the point here is that if you think your habit or goal is ruined because you're not able to complete it that day, and you are unable to even complete your minimum baseline, then your all or nothing thinking will be uber triggered and you will be more than likely to quit. Because it's already ruined, so why even bother? Your brain may be tempted to tell you, oh, it's okay, I'll just start again next week or next month or when things have calmed down again, and you'll wrongly assume that you will somehow have 
more discipline or motivation or energy one week or month from now. But what is actually more likely to happen is that your brain will start to think, eh, why bother? And you'll probably not start again. So instead of saying it's ruined, get comfortable with the concept of a deferral day and allow yourself to have this period of grace without it meaning anything negative towards you or your goal. Now, as a word of caution, some of you may be tempted to use this deferral day as an excuse not to follow through or to get started again. Or maybe you'll use it as an excuse to procrastinate on something. So how do you tell if a deferral day is truly needed versus it's just your brain offering you a pretty excuse to take a break? The answer is, if you find yourself trying to decide whether you should give yourself a deferral day, you probably shouldn't. If you find yourself negotiating with yourself about completing your ideal goal or even your baseline goal, then it means that those options are still available to you and you could make it happen. And if you can actually make it happen, then you don't really need a deferral day. However, if you are ill or hurt or physically incapable of following your plan, then it would be appropriate to take a deferral day. If you physically cannot make it to your gym class because your kid is sick or there was some type of emergency, then you can take a deferral day and continue as normal the next day. This is the tool you can use so that you don't fall into an all-or-nothing mindset and tell yourself that your day or your goal or your habit has been ruined. And then you don't let your perfectionist mindset trick you into thinking that it will somehow be easier to start again at a later time. Now, tool number five is to watch yourself with compassion. This is one of the most important skills that you can learn when you are learning to coach yourself. In order to make any changes in your life, you first have to become the watcher of your own mind. And you need to be able to watch yourself with curiosity and compassion and not from a place of negativity or judgment. So often what I've seen in my students, and I've actually experienced this myself, is that when we reach a certain level of awareness through coaching, we really start to see ourselves and see how we are acting and how we are responsible for all the results in our own lives. And we want to change it immediately and stop doing all of the negative things. And on top of that, we judge ourselves and blame ourselves for our own results. What I really want to encourage you to do is to just watch yourself with compassion. Just observe yourself and go, hmm, that's really interesting that I'm doing this. You don't have to figure out how to change it right now, and you don't have to beat yourself up for it. Often self-awareness can lead to self-judgment and negativity because once we realize we are responsible for our own thoughts, feelings, actions, and results in our life, we think, oh my god, I can't believe I'm like this. And then we hate on ourselves. And it can be really challenging. Typically, we would just blame other people or blame our situation 
because that's way more comfortable than admitting that it actually all falls back on you. I have so many clients, and I used to be in this boat myself, who think that the reason they hate their job is because of the work, or their boss, or the environment, or the clients. And they believe that the job is holding them back from living the life that they thought they wanted. And there comes a point in your coaching journey where you realize, oh shit, I'm responsible for the fact that I hate my career and I haven't achieved the things in life that I thought I would have by now. And this is a very uncomfortable place to be. So watch yourself with compassion and have an understanding that there is a reason that you've done what you've done so far. It's usually coming from a protective place where you had the best intentions for yourself and you want the best for yourself, but you just haven't quite figured out how to do that yet. So be kind and compassionate toward yourself. Don't be in a hurry to change it. If you observe yourself, you learn about yourself and then you accept yourself, which then makes it easier to change things that you do not want. It is so much easier and more doable than going, I'm so stupid and terrible and I need to figure out how to change this now and then trying to use willpower to create something new and just rage against yourself. And finally, tool number six is to call yourself out on your self-sabotage. As you build awareness, you will start to notice patterns. Things like, Wow, it's so interesting that when I feel stressed about my children, I always seem to eat cookies from the cupboard, even though I'm not actually hungry. I've been sticking to my eating plan the rest of the time, and I can see how using cookies as a distraction from dealing with the stress of my children is sabotaging my weight loss plan. Or how about, wow, it's so interesting that I enjoy getting praise from my colleagues about how I'm able to see so many cases each day, and how I'm always willing to squeeze in a sick pet. And I like that they admire me and say things like, you're a badass doctor, how do you manage it all? You're so committed, you care so much. And I can see how I'm letting my fear of their potential negative judgment of me sabotage my own desire to see a more manageable caseload and to leave on time so that I can take care of myself and my mental and my physical health I can see how I am creating my own burnout. This feels so vulnerable and uncomfortable to do. But remember, you are just calling yourself out on your self-sabotage. You are noticing it, and you are not going to beat yourself up about it. Talk to yourself as if you were talking to a dear friend and supporting them through their realization. We naturally want to say things like, I shouldn't have done that. Why am I so stupid? Why am I so weak? Instead, think, okay, what would I say to a friend? I'd say things like, don't be so hard on yourself, friend. It's completely understandable. It's okay to feel this way. What if we start doing this instead? This takes a lot of practice. However, if you lean into a growth mindset and you don't just accept your actions and your thinking as being fixed or all or nothing, 
then you can start to let go of some of your perfectionist tendencies and move toward creating a more fulfilling life and sustainable career for yourself. Okay, so let's recap on the six tools that you and your perfectionist mindset can use to overcome your fixed all-or-nothing thinking and move into a growth mindset. Number one, create effort-based goals. And number two, praise yourself for your effort. Number three, lower your expectations. And number four, give yourself a deferral day when needed. And number five, be compassionate to yourself. And number six, call yourself out on your own self-sabotage. Okay, my friends, I hope that you find these six tools useful. As always, if this makes sense to you and you would like help applying it to your own life, please come join me in my Daring DVM coaching program. I will work one-on-one with you to help you overcome your perfectionist mindset and to help you create the life that you're just longing to live. I think everyone needs a coach because coaching is like holding a mirror up to yourself and being able to see things that you would maybe never have seen or may have taken you years to figure out on your own. Coaching shows you what you need to see, and it's so powerful. It's why I decided to become a coach, and I've gained so much in my life from having coaches and being able to progress so much faster and further than if I had just gone it alone. So if you want to work with me, Come find me on my website, www.daringdvm.com, or come to Instagram at daringdvm. I would love to hear from you. I love who you are, and even more than that, I love who you are becoming. Dare to dream, my friends. I'll talk to you again next week. If you love what you're learning in this podcast, you have to come check out the Dare to Dream coaching program. It's where you can get individual help applying the concepts to your own life. This is where you can learn new coaching tools not shared on the podcast that will up-level your life even more. It's where I help other veterinarians who are struggling, just like I once was, to create and cultivate their dream life. Helping you is my favorite thing to do, and it will change your life. I guarantee it. Come join at www.daringdvm.com. That's daringdvm.com. I cannot wait to meet you there.